0: Man, some oldies are still goodies, aren't they? Charlie Rich. <laughs> that brings back a lot of good memories. It uh, just, just does. And the, the message to that song is powerful. just is. And it's a subject that we're going to address today. Uh, and I believe with all of my heart that the local church should be the mooring point of truth. I believe that we should be able to s- look at what the Bible says about the things that we deal with in regards to relationships. And I think you should be able to come to local church on Sunday morning and talk candidly about what God had intended to be good. And God is the inventor of intimacy. God is the inventor of sex. God himself has a plan for us establishing the word of God. And so today you will hear uh, some, some truths. We'll look at the biblical... Uh, text and see what it has to say regarding intimacy. We'll look at some physiological things, the way God has wired us. And we'll even look at some areas of of just physical ramifications of intimacy and in marriage and how God has intended that. I also say this message obviously is intended for seventh grade and above. We, we have great children's ministries And so, and like John said, we have 400 volunteers that work in our children's ministries, and so just put that out there. If you want your child to be uh, informed on this, he'll be informed this morning, and uh, I'll be your informer, Um, but just put that out there. That's entirely up to you, but just want to let you know, we have great children's ministries. I also want to say this. I just want to say thanks for worshiping in grace. Even while you're sitting here in the main, there's a screen in front of a group that's right behind you and in the link, and it's packed full of people. And you know, I'm grateful that you come and worship at Grace. There's a lot of great churches in Goshen that you could worship at, but we're grateful that you come and you serve and you love God and you support the ministry of Grace. And just wanna say thanks for being part of Grace Community. Intimacy is, is a truth in a marriage that can be very, very, very packed full of tension. And if we're probably honest in this room today, that there's probably been tension along the way when it comes to your intimacy and your marriage. I want to preface everything I'm saying by saying this. God's intent for, for sexuality and for sex is in the context of marriage. Anything outside of marriage is sin. Any relationship, sexual relationship out of the context of marriage is sin. And we'll let you know right up front. We'll tell you the truth here today. So as we look at this message today, we'll look from the context of of marriage. And we'll also show you what happens on the perimeters when you begin to do something that God intended to be a beautiful act of worship in the context of marriage. Dr. James Dobson has written a lot of good stuff regarding intimacy and marriage. And, and he had something that was written many, many years ago, but it, it's so applicable. And we're going to look at that even regarding um, intimacy. And so as I think through that, also realize that we're very, 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 very different. Can we just put that right out front? Instead of trying to make your husband like you, ladies and ladies, or husbands trying to make your wives like you, and somehow to say, I can't believe you're that way, and you're wired that way. Let's just settle it right now. We are very different. God intended it that way. He didn't intend for a man to be like a woman or a woman to be like a man and how they connect even sexually to one another. We are very, very different. And if we operate and agree with that, there's an incredible thing that can happen in intimacy and marriage that maybe some of you have never experienced because you still can't believe the only thing he wants is sex. And, And you can't believe that she never wants sex when you want sex. So if we just come to a reality, realize there are times in marriages where that tension will be there. If we could relieve that tension, a lot of our problems would run away. But we're very different. Let me give you, a, for instance, when it comes to just thinking about it in a fun way, when we think about the difference how men and women think regarding intimacy. Let me just represent it by representing. Women think with pink sunglasses. Men think with blue sunglasses. And so I'll just walk back and forth and show you how a man thinks in a situation and how a woman thinks in a situation when something's said. So a woman will say this, let's spend some quality time together. He hears that, and he thinks, I can't wait till we get home and do the (laughs) cha-cha. A woman says this, I'm relieved we're on the same page after this argument. He hears that, and he thinks, oh boy, sex again tonight. (laughs) She says this, I'm stressed, will you rub my back? He thinks, green light, sex tonight. She says, I'm tired, and it's been a very, 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 very long day. He thinks, so there's a chance for sex tonight. (laughs) She says, let's reminisce and look back at our wedding album. He thinks, while she's turning the pages, I don't remember any of that, but I do remember the honeymoon. (laughs) He says nothing at all. (laughs) She thinks, oh boy, not again tonight. (laughs) We are very, 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 very different. And you know that's true, by the way. And so as we address this topic, let's put that out there. We are very, 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 very different. Dr. James Dobson also says some things regarding how how we're wired in a physiologically way. Physiological way. Listen what he says regarding how men are wired in, in in a writing that he had. What wives wish their husbands knew about women. Doctor Dobson writes this: When sexual response is blocked, males experience an accumulating physiological pressure which demands release. Two seminal vesicles. Listen to this. "...small sacs containing semen gradually fill to capacity. As maximum level is reached, hormonal influences sensitize the man to all sexual stimuli. For most men, this build-up to heightened sexual desire takes only about 72 hours. Many women, Dr. Dobson notes, stand in amazement at how regularly their husbands desire sexual intimacy." We are wired differently, very differently. And as a result of that, a man has a normal cycle. Most men have a normal cycle that they respond to sexual stimuli. With that being the case in the context of marriage, we must acknowledge that. And we must also say, hey, let's just don't push that away and say you're weird or something wrong with you. Let's see what God says about that in the context of marriage. A fulfilling sex life is one of the most powerful marital glues that a couple can have. And I mean that with all of my heart. Intimacy is a God-created thing. It can be an incredible act of worship, one that he is pleased with. God is the inventor of sex. And it's time we talk about, instead of learning it from at school... Learn it from friends, learn it in communities, learn it in recreational centers, and learn it on the sports field. Let's see what God has to say about sex itself. God wants, and I will say this as passionate as I can, He wants your sex life in the context of marriage to be a beautiful act of worship. He wants you to find great pleasure in your marriage. He wants you to have knock-down, drag-out sex that you both enjoy. Yes, you heard that here. That's what God intends for your marriage. Anybody okay with that, by the way? That's what God wants in the context of marriage. Thank you for those seven people that agree with that. He also has some things to say concerning sex outside of marriage, which is sin. Grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will be glad to place one in your hand. Hold your hand up and turn to 1 Thessalonians 4. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 8. 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 3 through 8. Please turn there. When you find that stand, we're going to read it together. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 8. This is what God has to say regarding sex that's done outside of marriage. All sex is supposed, all to me is supposed to happen in the context of a married relationship. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 8. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in a passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And in that matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins. As we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. You may have a seat. It is very, very clear that God has a plan for for intimacy and for sex. It's supposed to be done in the context of marriage, and when it's done outside of the perimeters of marriage, there's repercussions for it. There's consequences for it. And God says it will affect your life. I don't look upon it, God says, in a way that you would be pleased with. And so let's remove what Hollywood says. Let's remove what the bachelor and the bachelorette says. Let's, let's, let's remove that, that the false teachings that are out there and say that sex and intimacy is, is made for the context of marriage. One of his first words of encouragement that God gave was in Genesis 1.28. He said, be fruitful and multiply Science 101. Go procreate. Husband and wife, be intimate together, and let's have children, and let's fill the earth. Intimacy between married couples is one of the most incredible bonding times in marriage. I want to show you how important this is in a physiological way. I also want to show you the damage that can happen In a relationship that happens prior to marriage, what happens to your body and what happens to the chemical releases in you as a result of having sex? Let me also preface everything I'm saying today by saying this no matter what has happened prior to this day, no matter what your history or your past has been, God can redeem it. But listen, You got to be open to Him redeeming it. You got to acknowledge that there's been sin, that there's been something that's done against you. God can take your slate and start over and make it clean. His grace covers your whole past, and praise the Lord for that. So, as you sit here today, let's speak from here forward and say, from this day forward, I will also acknowledge it. Some of you are still feeling. ...the repercussions and the consequences of your past life or your past sins... And you're wondering why you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're wondering why this intimacy is missing. And maybe you haven't acknowledged that something you've done in your past, and so you're hoping it gets better. I watch this happen often in marriages. They go and they get into this marriage and they've had this past that no one's proud of. All of us have skeletons in our past. And they get into marriage and they hope that this marriage or this person will fix what they're feeling from their past. It's not going to happen. You must go back and address and find healing to what has happened because you will never find healing by just covering it up, suppressing it down, and being the most sold-out person to God in the world. It's going to require addressing this past. But when we address it, give it over to God, God cleans the slate. But many of you are in relationships where you're still feeling the lingering effects of your past. Look at the damage that can happen, but also look how God intended intimacy to impact our lives. This was a study done by a very, very, very bright doctor. And this doctor said that some years ago, while doing some videotaping of cranes in the wild from a helicopter, he said, I learned how these birds imprint when they are first born. In other words, whatever creature they first interact with after birth, they assume it's their mother, even if it's a human being. I immediately thought of what first-time sex does to a man and a woman. This overwhelming new experience imprints on him, and he connects the context with the experience. Those who have had their first sexual experience outside of marriage imprint on the lust of illicit sex. Those who have had their first sexual experience in the context of marriage imprint on that girl. Listen to these scenarios he draws up. Boy gets girl to get intimate in the back seat of a car. Soon he is undressing her. His heart is pounding as it becomes clear that she will allow him to have sex with her. The windows are steamed. He is now in a major hurry, lest she changes her mind or somehow someone catches them. He experiences an adrenaline rush not unlike a thief experiences when he first steals or a thrill seeker gets when jumping from an airplane. Then he has intimacy with her, is intimate with her and experiences his first sexual experience with the woman. This incredible experience leaves a major imprint on him. Now, possibly for the rest of his life, he's likely to view sex in the context of lust, and naughtiness this is a man who will constantly be pushing his wife to try some outrageous new behavior take sexual risks or is constantly role playing all in an attempt of reliving that experience that has such a profound impact on his psyche This is the guy who wants to do it in the elevator, in the backyard, in some public place. This is the guy who needs his wife to pretend she is a cheerleader or a naughty nurse before he can get excited as he tries to recreate his sexual imprinting. He is not really interested in the girl. He is interested in the sex. Then he says this. Now consider scenario B. A man falls in love with a woman and asks her to marry him. His friends approve, his family approve, his coworkers approve. They all join in a concerted effort to make the event a success, planning, showers, and parties. They all come together in one gigantic effort to celebrate their approval of the chosen one. They now gather in the presence of God under the approval of a minister. They commit themselves before God and then are off for what will be arguably the best party of their lives. Then, with the joyous approval of every person important in his life, he takes his bride to their honeymoon suite. And for the first time in his life, without the rush or fear of a backseat encounter, he experiences the most wonderful sensation of his life as he reaches his sexual peak and is intimate with his wife. He now ties everything I just mentioned to that one girl. All the approval of his family... Friends, co workers, the church, the celebration, and most importantly, the incredible sensation he has just felt. All these elements together, and he imprints on the girl. For it is because of her and only her that he has just experienced the most wonderful day of his life. Many would argue that the wedding day scenario would have the same effect with a guy who has already been having sex. But they would be wrong. Nothing impacts a man like his first sexual experience. And then the doctor says this. If a man has had his first sex outside of marriage, what he imprints on is the sex. Indeed, it becomes as if any woman willing to have sex with him would suffice. Many of these men later turn to illicit affairs or pornography, fantasies, masturbation, and a pathetic attempt to revisit the experience to which they have forever been imprinted upon. Women who marry such men can sense this and try desperately to get their man to focus solely on them. Sadly, it's a battle that most will lose. On the other hand, when a girl has had her first sexual experience in the context of marriage, he imprints on that girl, for she is the sole reason for his incredible experience. Indeed, these men tend to marry once for life. Then he says this, what about the girl? When a woman experiences sex without commitment, she soon learns falsely that sex means little to nothing. Why? Because nothing happens as a result. No meaningful relationship ensues. He may never even call her or talk to her again. She has inaccurately learned that sex and commitment are two completely separate issues, which they are not. That is why so many married women view sex as an unimportant side issue in marriage, when in fact a key and central issue to a successful marriage. God's original plan was to use sex as the path to commitment. On the contrary, she begins to demand that that commitment before sex is granted— Something he is not wired to do. The result is relationship that struggles to succeed. As for, listen to this, the physiological damage. Science shows us that when a woman has sex with a man, a chemical called oxytocin is released into her system. Oxytoxin is a neuropeptide most commonly associated with pregnancy and breastfeeding. It seems to act as a human super glue and helps a woman bond with her infant. This chemical also helps a woman bond with her lover during sex. New scientific studies, however, suggest that if a woman has multiple sexual partners, this will lower her level of oxytoxin, which in turn can inhibit her ability to bond with her husband. People who have misused their sexual faculty and become bonded to multiple persons will diminish the power of oxytocin to maintain a permanent bond with an individual. He closes by saying this. Even though a woman also can suffer negative consequences from promiscuity, I believe that men have the most to lose. Why? Because a sexually promiscuous woman, despite lower levels of oxytocin and a less than positive attitude towards sex in general, still is internally wired to want to connect with her husband. Indeed, that desire is so strong. It causes her to fight through many of the negative side effects of her previous sexual experience. A man, however, has no natural wiring. If he fails to properly imprint and bond to the wife of his youth, he may spend the rest of his life in a disconnected state from her. Indeed, from any woman. What he may do is attempt to reconnect with what he had imprinted on so many, many years earlier and foolishly turn to porn, affairs, lust, etc. All which can have severe negative consequences on marriage. So why do I tell you all that? God has wired us. And scripture tells us in Psalms. That we are wired in such a way that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. That even the very act of sex itself, when it's done in the context of marriage, causes a super glue, if I could use a good word, that bonds us, that imprints on us. This major attachment that literally bonds a couple together. When it's done in the context of marriage, statistics show that those marriages tend to last forever. Huh, imagine that. And somehow many have believed the lie that you should try the shoe on first. And what happens? You have these people running through our world today. Good people who come to know Christ and know Christ and are wondering, why can't I intimately connect with this man or this woman? It's because you have been imprinted with this lust and sex from the past. Listen, you got to deal with that. If you don't deal with that pain from your past, you will never have intimacy that's intended in a marriage relationship today the way Christ intends it to happen. Beautiful, incredible. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has designed it to happen in the context of marriage. So listen to me, singles. Let me just speak to singles today. There's a bunch of you here, and I know there are, and you're you're heading to a a dinner after this service. Don't ever believe that it's worth having sex before marriage. Don't ever believe that lie. I will say this again with all if you are in a relationship, ladies, and that man is pushing you for sex, kick him out. Kick him out separate and say, you know what? Maybe we need to pull away for six months and nine months or maybe for a year, maybe forever, because you will never find the satisfaction that you need in a relationship if you allow him to imprint upon you. It is called S-I-N sin, and it damages you. God has designed us in a fascinating way. He has designed us not only to satisfy us emotionally, but even physically. Now listen to this, how even sex impacts our lives in the context of marriage physically. Listen to this. Sex is a form of exercise. Three times a week burns a lot of calories. And if maintained throughout the year, it's equivalent to jogging 75 miles. To make it simpler, a vigorous bout of sex burns 200 calories. About the same as running 15 miles on the treadmill. So stop. Let's just be very pragmatic. Sex or 15 miles on the treadmill? Which one are you choosing? (laughs) I'm serious about this. Come on. That's a no-brainer, isn't it? Regular sex is regular exercise, and it has similar benefits, including improved cholesterol and increased circulation. Apart from giving you a good workout, sex once or twice a week improves the immune system as well. By having sex three or more times a week, men reduce the risk of heart attack or stroke by half. I could have some fun with that one, but I won't. <laughs> so what's that saying about our wives? They want us to die. That's, just, that's what it says. am sorry, I just I had to put that out there. And it doesn't end there. Women who have regular sex increase their female hormone, which reduces the risk of heart disease. Regular sex triggers the release of a growth hormone that aids in weight loss and pain relief. Studies show that having sex three times a week will leave you looking up to 10 years younger. Regular sex releases endorphins, your body's natural opiate, which creates feelings of well-being and contentment. God even linked great physical health to sex in the context of marriage. And I know what some of you are asking. Well, so can anybody have sex then? Well, if that's the truth, if it's just physical, why don't we all just go have sex outside of marriage? Listen to what they also say about sex that's done outside of marriage. Let's preface by saying this. In Hebrews thirteen four. The author says this, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer all the sexually immoral. God is a God of grace. Yes, and praise God for that. But he also is a God of consequences for our sins. A recent study that showed sex outside of marriage where people were having sex not in the context of marriage in which 19 of 42 men had a stroke during sex were being unfaithful at the time. The link between deceit, hiding the fear, and stress has a harmful effect on one's physical makeup. God designed our bodies to come alive when we are having sex in a marriage relationship. We serve an amazing God. He longs for us to be pure and holy. He longs for us to be obedient. And when we're obedient for Samuel 230 appears, God honors those that honor him. Even the context of marriage and and sex. God takes this seriously, Grace Community Church. So the choices you're making today are affecting you down the road and are affecting you presently. By the way, marriage is hard enough let alone for us to take all this emotional damage to our partner. Every single time you sleep with someone that's not your wife, not your husband, every single time you view pornography and commit adultery, because that's what it is, you commit adultery, you are taking a part of what you saw and it attaches to your heart. It damages your heart. And so, All these prior relationships, until they're set free, until they're cleansed by God, until you've dealt with them through counseling and you've been honest and confessed and let them out there and got freedom from them, all those prior relationships and all those prior viewings of pornography, all those lust encounters, when you go to get intimate with your spouse, you take all those men all those encounters, all those women into this encounter with your wife. No wonder, no wonder people don't want to be intimate in marriage because they are emotionally broken and fragile. This is the intent when I think of the bedroom. God has intended it to be pure. So the picture is this. God wants us to save ourselves for marriage and for our partners so that we imprint on them, so that we don't have all this baggage and all these other people going to bed with us. Every single time you go to bed, if it hasn't been dealt with and you haven't received the grace of God, when you go to bed, you take all those prior relationships. God wants this to happen when you're intimate. He wants it to be pure. But the problem is this. Many walk into the bedroom, not with this, but with this. They bring this relationship from the past. They bring this lustful thought, which is adultery. They bring this encounter of pornography. And so when they go to bed, the bedroom is a cluster and a fabric of everyone else. And so when a woman knows that, she does not feel connected and nor does he. And they're like, it feels like there's 10 other people in this room because there are. And some of it's really complex. It's so weaved and so dark and so, so just so, so, so desperate. And it's like this darkness. And so when you get to intimate, it's like, why do we feel so horrible about this? It's because you have this collaboration and this past of all these other encounters and relationship. Listen to me, grace community. This is what God intends. This is what grace can do. Make the choice today to throw away these encounters so that you have this. There's nothing more special than being intimate with your wife or your husband and knowing that my past is clean and giving the absolute best to your wife or husband and saying, you're the man for me, you're the woman for me. Every single time you view someone else, every single time you go to bed with someone else, you take them to bed with you in the future. Is it no wonder that we have so much problems in intimacy and marriages? Literally, your heart has been stolen by this girl and that girl and that girl and that girl and that pop-up screen and that man and that man and that belief and that lie and that lie and that lie. Let me also say this today. If you're thinking about going down the path of porn or premarital sex, don't do it. It is not worth it. Healthy sex affects so many other areas. Let me show you where it affects. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Just turn back a few books to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. Look what it says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. Follow along with me. Paul says this. Do not what? What's the next word? Deprive each other except, what's the next two words? By mutual consent and for time. I'll stop there. Do not deprive each other of sex. Do not deprive each other of intimacy in a marriage. Except for mutual consent. Mutual consent says, okay, we both agree with this. Then he says this. Look, read on with me. Except for mutual consent. So that you may devote yourselves to what? Prayer. Then come together again so that who? Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Here's what that means. That if it isn't a mutual consent that you're not being intimate if you're just being manipulative and controlling and say, so I'm, I'm not allowing this sex to happen unless you do this for me, and I'm not allowing, I'm mad at you. What happens is, if you're doing, and it's not mutually accepted between the two of you for a period of time not to, not to be intimate, Satan comes in. He comes in between the two of you. And here's what it says. It literally affects your prayer life. If you're not mutually not having sex, or you are having sex, let's flip it. The positive side, if you're doing it and you're doing it and you know when and you shouldn't and you agree with it, Satan doesn't come into your life. But if you're doing it and you're being a manipulative control, he comes in and he separates your prayer life and reduces the power of prayer. Now, here's what that means. This is the Jim Brown version. You can go to your wife, men, and say this, honey, can you help my prayer life? And what happens as a result of that? What happens as a result of that? The factual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, James tells us. And maybe the very reasons that you're having so many problems with sex... So many problems with intimacy is because you don't want to give in. You are controlling and manipulative. And so what's happening, you've let Satan come into your relationship. He's blocking your prayers. And you've got this husband over there that's praying. And he can't seem to get through to God. And the very reason is because you are holding out. Listen to me. This affects intimacy. It affects your prayer life. So listen, don't hold out unless you both mutually agree to do so. And there are marriages all over this world. And they wonder why their intimacy is so horrible. Maybe it's because you need to stop being controlling and say, you know what? Let's come together and love each other. And as a result of that, we'll have a better prayer life, better communication with God. And we get God back in the center. Imagine what could happen to our relationship. I mean, God made this really, really, really simple. You see, I wonder how much this has impacted the health of many marriages, even in this auditorium and in the link and across the internet. Let me also say something else. When a man has a regular pattern of praying with his wife, a deep intimacy occurs between them. It's a bonding like she has never felt. In fact, I never counsel couples that are dating to pray with each other. I ask them to pray for each other, but not with each other. Because when a couple prays with each other, there's this deep glue of emotional bonding that takes place that can only and should only happen in the context of marriage. Be very careful when you pray with someone of the opposite sex. But at the same time, one of the hardest things for men to do is to pray with their wives. Now, you can pray for them as long as you don't have to pray with them. And I watch it happen all the time. Give men, say, hey, go pray with your wives. It's so difficult. It's so hard. Here's why it's so hard. Listen to me. It's not rocket science. Because you're opposed. There's an enemy that doesn't want you to pray with your wife. And you know why? Because he knows if you pray, you're going to be intimately close, and there's going to be a deep bond, and you're going to have mega sex. And you're going to like it, and you're going to like each other and love each other. It's not rocket science. And you're not going to have to look anywhere else because she will satisfy you and you are ready just to to chase her around the house 24-7. And so you're posed. And here's the thoughts that he sends you when you think about praying with your wife. Well, I'm not spiritual enough. She's a lot more spiritual than I am. She knows the Bible better than I do. How could I pray with her? It's that little voice that says, you will never measure up. Or that little voice that says, you have too much sin in your life. How could you ever go to your wife when you have this sin in your life? So you better work on you first before you go pray with your wife. And he forgets all these passages. And we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins. Or she should pray for you. You don't measure up. You don't have the right or have you ever tried to pray with your wife and you know you want to do it in the morning and it's like everything just like, everything speeds up before you get to that moment. Everyone's running late and it's like busy and it's like, I got to pray. And it's like, you're running 10 minutes behind. It's because you're opposed. Doggone it, men, man up for crying out loud and pray with your wives. Man, it's a blessing for them. It's a regular thing that I do with my wife and she'll tell you that. I pray with her. I put my arm around her, grab hold of her hand. I pray for favor, protection, blessing. I pray for the armor of God over our family. I pray that, that God would use us to reach the world for Jesus. I pray that God would open our eyes as a family to see the needs of the world. I pray that he would give us wisdom from heaven. And so when I leave her, I've covered her. We've covered each other. And when I walk away, there is a deep bonding that happens. Men. We have some work to do, ladies. Now, don't go nagging your husband and say, Pastor Jim said you need to pray with me. And stand at the door like this. (laughs) That's not going to get you anywhere. The last thing he wants to feel is disrespected. So don't send any subtle hints. But when he does pray with you, just thank him. And thank him later. (laughs) Leave it there. (laughs) Men and women are different. Let's just, let's just, let's get over that one, okay? Men are moved visually. Women are moved emotionally. While this is true, can we just stop fighting this issue and saying, I can't believe that's all you think about. And can we stop looking at her and say, I can't believe that's all you don't think about. And can we just move to the middle and emotionally care for the needs of our wives, men? No man will ever meet all the emotional needs of his wife, but intimacy happens way before the bedroom. You know, we're horrible at this, guys. We have this one-track mind, and we're just, all we think of is that moment. It's like, it's like after, after there's 72 hours and some of you it's 21 hours. It's like, it's like after that, it's like that's all you can think about. But a wife slowly finds herself ready for intimacy. She, you have to meet the emotional needs of her. In fact, foreplay for a woman is taking out the trash. Right now, how many of you ha- have trash at home that your wife said, can you get trash? It's like, I don't want to get the trash. Because let me tell you guys, that warms her up folding the clothes is foreplay, washing the dishes in the sink, Ficking, fixing the leaky faucet. If you don't do those things, let me tell you, nothing is going to happen in an intimate way. It's good to bring back this thought again, but here's the difference between men and women. Let's just visualize you can. Visualize a charcoal grill. Now picture that and picture a gas grill. Women are like charcoal grills. Now think about this. you have to put the charcoal in. And you got to dump it out, and you got to put some lighter fluid on it, and you got to light it. And it's like, man, it takes forever to get those, those coals hot. Just and so, and so, men, you're like, man, I want a burger, and I want it now. It's like, so you put the tinfoil on the top, and you lay your burgers on. It takes, man, it's like 15, 20, 30 minutes of slow cook. And it's like, man, you want to eat that thing raw. And you're standing there, trying to warm it up. Men on the other hand when it comes into here just the opposite it's like gas grill it's like press the button and i mean it's more than once i mean that's how we're ready just hit the button and meanwhile we're over here and we're frustrated because she wanted to run back to Walmart she wanted like the she wanted to beef blend charcoal it's like no i just want this charcoal it's enough in fact one's enough let me get that one started and so all day long we're fanning that flame trying to speed it up she no slow it down hold my hand rub my back and you're one <gasps> and there lies a the difference between men and women when it comes to sex she needs to know that you've been thinking about her all during the day you see men need to make love before they feel loved women need to be loved before they make love But when both sides serve each other, something awesome happens. Man, we have some work to do. Maybe it means this, man. Maybe it means that when she asks you to rub her back, you don't think, ooh, I'm getting lucky tonight. You just rub her back. And you just leave it there. And maybe it means that she just wants to cuddle. You're thinking, oh yeah. Just cuddle. Let her fall asleep on your shoulder. Take her to the bed and Cover her up. Maybe it means she just, hey, we got to talk, and you talk, and she talks, and she talks, and she talks, and she talks, and she, and she talks, and you listen without trying to go for the home run. We have so much work to do in this area, men. You see, if we're both willing to serve each other, ladies, maybe for you, it's every just one week, it just. if we just mutually serve each other and humble ourselves and don't give the devil a foothold to come in, I am telling you that many of the problems in marriages would dissipate. In fact, turn to the Song of Songs, Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, chapter 4, and look what these lovers had to say to each other. Song of Songs, chapter four. This married couple, the lover says to his beloved in verse one, he says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful your eyes behind your veil are are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead. It's just the language of the day. Just, Just, you're radiant, Verse two, your teeth are like the flock of sheep just shorn coming up from washing. They're white, they, they pop, they stand out. Each has a twin, not one of them is alone. Verse three, your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of pomegranate. You have red, rosy cheeks that stands out. Verse four, your neck is like the Tower of David. It's queenly. You belong with the king. You are built with elegance. This is your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. You're soft, and I want to be intimate with you. You're tender to the touch, and you you have this way with you. Verse 6, until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will go to the mountains of myrrh and to the hill of incense. All beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. tender words. You're the one. It's only you that I want. Then he says this in verse 12, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. In other words, you saved yourself only for me, and there's a lock on the intimate part of your life. It's only you and me, and that, that speaks to me. Verse 15, you are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. You are fresh. You are exciting. It's intoxicating. And then in chapter 4 and verse 16, which is the very middle verse in the book of Song of Songs. If you counted all the verses, this is the middle verse. And this is basically what this book is saying. Chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Awake, north wind, and come, south wind. Blow on my garden, that its fragrance may spread abroad. Let my lover come into his garden and taste his choice fruits. Come to me. Let's be intimate and have sex again. It's this beautiful picture of two couples serving, or two individuals serving each other and humbling themselves and realizing that sex is such an important part of a relationship. You see, men, she needs to know that she is the love of your life. And ladies, he needs to know that you want him. And the way you show him you want him is by letting him want you. It's never too late though to change your relationship. Some of you just got to start over and extend some grace and go back and deal with all that stuff that you've been haven't been dealing with for a long time. Purity and oneness is God's original intent. Yet neglect is the first sign of trouble in your marriage. And let me just be really honest. If you're sporadic in your sex life with your spouse, you have problems. You have severe problems. You need help. They're not going to go away unless you address them. Men don't abuse it, ladies don't neglect it. You show me a wife who her countenance radiates, I will show you a man who is loving her emotionally, physically, and spiritually. You show me a couple that shines. I will show you a couple that behind closed doors, they are having intimate, intimate, beautiful worship before God and sex. That is, area will destroy you if you open your eyes to other choices. But when you and her are together in the context of marriage, serving, humbling yourselves, that marriage is glued together forever. I've asked my wife to join me on stage to talk through some of this. And so I said something to her again this week. She says, Jim, not for that, please. Please. So I, I want you to know, and I'll say this again, that her intent isn't to just get up here and share because she really wants to, but she's coming up to share because she wants to offer help. Thanks. You have those questions there, honey? So here we go again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll just let you start. What, what would be like a, a thought after hearing that? Like, What would you say to men, husbands out there in the area of intimacy with their wives? What would be a, a word of wisdom or some, some, some thoughts that you would give them?
1: Okay, well, this message is really good. So you've triggered a lot of thoughts. Um, and, it, and I really do, it's, it's a huge area for us that are married um, that I think a lot of us are settling or believing lies. So I'm really glad that you cover this. And I, I can, I, I'm even glad to be up here, which is a God thing in itself. Cause this would have been one of my never, yeah.
0: <laughs> but never say
1: never. That's, um, okay. So, By the way, I,
0: she said last week before we were home, and she says, man, I go home. I went home. She says, I hope I didn't offend anybody. I wonder if they're thinking I'm talking about them. I said, honey, that's what I deal with every week. <laughs> and I, I, I did. I spoke to her I, to cover and protect her. just shared with her that she's not trying to please man. She's trying to please God. Mm-hmm. And so as remember that, even as you share now, so right. when you get to hate males, I'll beat them up. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, and really like, I do want to be a voice of truth. And there is a lot in the Bible about this. I mean, God's design is incredible. And if we would just do things his way, even there's so many more reasons than what we even understand why it
0: is good. What would you say to to men out there in the area of intimacy? What would be a word of wisdom? Okay.
1: Well, one thing that struck me even this morning is comparing...
0: Uh, Just because we were studying here, not because anything else. Right, 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 (laughs) yeah. Yeah, well,
1: um, how... Which,
0: it wouldn't have been bad, though, if it was funny, but anyhow, go ahead.
1: How you talked about, um, like, the excuses or reasons why it is hard for men to pray with their wives. Uh, And I've, I've heard some of those same excuses or reasons why a woman wants to cut off that area in their marriage Wow, i i really think there is a a big connection there that um and i think okay so to the men as patient and and as um vulnerable as you feel when you take leadership in the spiritual area um have that kind of grace with your wife in this area that it
0: yeah i would agree with that what would you say in in regards to uh how men are wired physically like visually how what what would you be advice to ladies regarding that
1: we just need to accept it
0: (laughs) can i hear amen out there from any man out there
1: this and and not roll our eyes and not label it they are they're not very spiritual or godly because they're visual, they're wired that way god created in that way and your man is not unusual he's not it, 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 there there's a trend there, so if
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is this is something that I wish that I had better understanding of earlier in my journey but it's it's been a journey, but just we do need to accept it, and once you accept it um to to go with uh, th- this could be a series in itself, I feel like but because we women are pretty messed up when it comes to this area of trying to figure out what does it mean to be beautiful, why do I care about being beautiful, is it spiritual to care about being beautiful, I mean we we get really messed up in this area and we feel beat up I think a lot in the world if we listen to the world's um, definition of beauty and we just see what we're not so this is we do need to accept and not neglect this how do you do area it?
0: how do you do it what's some ways you can ne- just not neglect just
1: it? practical um if
0: by the way i like your outfit today
1: if you mention <laughs> a positive like i know he likes this outfit that's why i wore it today
0: <laughs>
1: but if and i'm glad i'm very thankful that you do give me compliments and I'm glad it's not all like last week when I had the spotted sweatshirt. That is the, that's the exception. Much more often he gives me compliments. So that, um, that builds me up and, and I'm more willing to go with it and um, not physical? think that it's worldly.
0: How about, why do you, even physically, I know that you, you're a disciplined person when it comes to exercise. You, you eat in a healthy way. You, I mean, you do it to honor God. And we talked a lot about because we don't want to get to the end of our lives and limit how God wanted to use us. But that's a way that you also, you, you take care of, of that, your physical body. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. important too. I think it really is important. It is. It's one of the small elements of, of visual appearance. To, and I don't, by the way, I don't, I don't have to beat Ann up in that area. I feel like she, that's, she's self-initiating that. So
1: Well, and I think it really, like if you get into a good cycle in this, Like, if I feel like you think I'm beautiful, then I want to be more that kind of beautiful for you. Hmm. That's good stuff there. But if I don't feel like I'm beautiful to you, uh, and that just, you just want to cut it off and not care what he thinks because it hurts too much.
0: You know, I would say this. The other thing, uh, would just be very vulnerable. Ann and I are, um, I, I preface this by saying this not to puff up because, you know, but we saved ourselves. We were virgins when we got married. We're rare. Um, and I don't say that. No, I say that to say that, did I want to chase her down and have knockout sex with her often? Um, and and, and I've I lusted. I know I did. There were times I lusted and I had to confess that sin. But there were times I also ran. When we were dating, we had to separate ourselves. But there was nothing like I remember checking in our honeymoon night. And so I, I said, wherever you're at right now, stay pure from here on. I remember we checked into the hotel room in Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach is for lovers. And we made sure that we put our wedding bands up on the, the counter because t- we it was so rare for us to check into a room together. And even that, there are people in the world today just check into rooms. Hey, you sleep on the couch, you sleep on the bed. No. And remember Honey putting up there, we want to make sure we were married so people didn't think we weren't married. Not
1: just rare. We had not done that before. I right. didn't want to make that clear.
0: Right. <laughs> but we've done it many times since. I want to make that clear. All right. Um, (laughs) We better move on. You're getting red. (laughs) Um, What would you say in closing in the whole area of intimacy? How would you wrap this up? What would you say, like this is a a word that you would say to to married couples?
1: That just like in other areas, God can bring healing to this area and his... Design just don't settle for less don't neglect it it's in the bible it's important that it's it's a part of being a healthy spiritual person and couple it 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 needs to be talked about
0: i'll pray god thanks for this day thanks for the truths of your word thanks for the how our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made Help us not to fight it, God. I pray that we would allow ourselves to walk in obedience. You tell us in First Samuel two thirty that you honor those that honor you. And God, a way of honoring you is, is walking in a path of purity and oneness and servanthood and humility. I pray that over marriages today. And God, I pray for breakthrough. I pray for healing from the past. And I pray, Lord, that we would see just intimacy in Christian marriages. That is a beautiful act of worship to you. I pray, God, that we would raise the bar in that area. We love you, God. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.